Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 430 of the Dr. Podcast. I'm host always on Tyler. Joining me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Cookies and dowels, Tyler. Just cookies and dowels. Cookies and dowels. Oh, this is Anyway, I'm fucking excited. This week, this Memorial Day weekend marks the eighth year anniversary of us recording our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is incredible. Um, you know, we were, we were kind of talking about before the show, um, you know, we were going back listening to some of our old episodes and like kind of reminiscing and all that. And it's just, it's just crazy to think how far, you know, we've come from on a lot of, le- a lot of levels where we had no idea what we were doing. The audio was terrible. Um, we were literally using, um, Gables and I were using our, our, uh, the mic that was in our, our laptop. Yeah. Our external show. microphones, like, uh, from our webcams we were using pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean, it was it was bad quality. Um, you kind of talked about like how uh, Jake he was using his 360 he- uh, headset to record the show, mm-hmm. uh, but the audio would um, for our audio would pick up on his mic, so there's just being a constant echo on all that. Just me learning Audacity, <laughs> all of that. It's it's incredible. How, like, yeah, it's it's been fun. Like, yeah, just going back today, like uh, doing the share screen with you, and like us going back and like listening to some of the episodes and just like some of our, you know, some funny shit that we completely forgot about and some shit like, Oh man, remember when we did this and like, we'd find the episode, like you and I went back and listened to the episode where, uh, you, when we used, when you used to do wrestler of the week, mm. um, you did John Cena and Jake got so mad. He rage quitted the podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was fucking funny. Uh, just so, so many cool moments, so many fun moments. And, uh, it's, it's just kind of funny. Like listen to all those and just like, Oh man, like 2013, we we're, I think, God, I mean, that's great. We we're in our mid 30s, mid 20s, early 20s at that point still. Now you're 33, I'm 32. Here we are still doing this. Um, just, you know, having fun still to this day. Like, you know, we're, we're maybe not, you know, we're a little more serious than we used to be, but we're not still not that serious. You go back, listen to last week. It, it's not very, it's not very serious. As I'm literally drinking a dinky doodle, which is a vodka and Gatorade for people that don't know. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a little tart. I put too much vodka in that one. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's been awesome. Ryan. Thank you, Gables, for uh, doing this with me every week. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure. And, man, thank you for putting up with my bullshit over the past <laughs> eight years. I mean, hell. <laughs> you have no bullshit, Gables. You have to put up with me every week. I'm the one drinking every week and just being a dumbass. Uh, yeah, so it's, um, yeah. Uh, and for people who have listened to us for a long time, thank you so much as well. Uh, you know, and people that found us even after uh, just a month ago, uh, us losing our feed that we've had for eight years and have yep. to start all over again. Uh, if you found us, we so much appreciate that. Uh, a lot of cool things going on with the show, though. That's kind of like sucks right now. Uh, hopefully in the future, it's going to be great for us. Uh, some cool changes happened uh, for us. I found a different... Um, a couple of days ago, I switched us to a different uh, hosting service for our podcast, which is great for us for a lot of reasons. And this is even like there are we have a sponsor now, guys, yes. uh, which is awesome. It's not we're not really making a lot of money, but it's instead of paying twenty three dollars a month, twenty to thirty dollars a month like we've been doing for the last eight years, it's a free service, and we've been we're actually gonna make a few bucks doing it. You know, I don't I mean like literally like it's probably gonna be a few bucks. It all depends on how many people listen to us. But um, like I said, there are a sponsor, but that's just like. I'm not in. There's gonna be an ad break in here later for you guys. By the way, if you're listening to us later, if you're watching us on Twitch right now, there's not gonna be one. But um, listening later, it's gonna be in there. But 
I'm raving about this because it's something that uh, I really, really, really like. It's called Anchor. Um, and I was showing Gables how easy it is for me to like just post the podcast on and like how much simpler it is for all of us. And I've been going through the process of uploading all our old episodes um, one by one, uh, which is there's a lot of them. There's uh, this is episode 430. Uh, so and there's a few in there that aren't actually technically numbered podcasts that we did. Um, that are on there as well. So I'm going through the process of uploading those one by one, putting in the show notes again, all that. Like it's, it's a process I'm working on it. Uh, but my goal is to hopefully by the end of the weekend, have all of our old podcasts on one feed again. Um, and that way it's all in there. One shot, you know, and it's people can, if they want to go do like we did and go back and reminisce about some of the old shit or find out kind of what we were like in the beginning or the, just how different we are from, you know, May of 2013 to May of 2021, they can do that. So, uh, yeah, working on it. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's pretty cool. Like something that was really de- depressing and upsetting a, a month ago has, I think potentially turned into something else for not, not life changing, but a big changes for us. Two guys that do have full-time jobs that just do this for fun. Uh, and no longer have to pay a fee to do this and, you know, yeah. might make a couple of dollars. We can, we might, every month we might be able to get a double cheeseburger out of it from, from McDonald's. Uh, so, yeah, uh, but yeah, so anyways, Gables, um, we have a lot to talk about, but you know, yes. I, I do want to thank first off our number one fan. This is an old joke for a lot of people that most people don't remember. I forgot about it until I was going back to listen to some of these old, old, old uh, podcasts, <laughs> but we can give a shout out to our number one fan, Kim Jong-un. May he rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> uh, for a while there, oh, the, yes. the Drunk Nerds intro was the national anthem of, of North Korea. Oh Fun fact, uh, but yeah, um, if you are, you know, whether you listen to us for the 430th time or the first time, um, you can check us out. We, we're on twitch.tv slash drunkenness podcast. We do that. We watch, you can watch us there live. We record every Saturday night, kind of fluctuate the time. Uh, it's usually somewhere between seven and nine o'clock uh, Pacific time uh, in there. Well, uh, I need to do a better job of like when uh, posting and give people a heads up when we start. Because uh, it really just kind of depends on usually Gables and I hop on here and we bullshit. It could be 10 minutes. could be two hours like we did today. Um, and just, you know, watching some random bullshit and having some discussions and all that. So, um, but yeah, uh, check us out on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. We're on everything right now. The only thing we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those places. The only thing we're not on yet is Apple Podcasts. Still working on that. Cannot figure out why the fuck. It's not uploading the podcast on there. I've actually sent a thing to support Apple support to try to figure out why it's not working. Hopefully have that fixed sometime this week. Unfortunately, though, it's a three-day weekend. Well, not unfortunately. It's also awesome the three-day weekend and one day weekend for us. But it's going to just kind of delay it a little bit longer, possibly, of getting the show up there and running. Uh, but we're working on it. But Gables, we have a cra- – it's been a crazy week. It is definitely E3 time. Um, I made the joke in the original in the initial recording because we had an issue and we had to start the show over again. But it's to sing the song. It's beginning to feel a lot like E3. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't sing it, but I said it. But the first time I sang it, I, I swear to you, Gables heard it. He could confirm I sung it. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of shit happening. Everybody just decided Thursday we're just going to talk about shit. Uh, and uh, it, so it's been nuts. We had a Dragon Age thing Wednesday night. We had a uh, we had a Horizon State of Play. Uh, Xbox announced their event time. Uh, we had a Far Cry 6 uh, teaser that was leaked on Thursday. But it was supposed to be for Friday. 
Uh, Pokemon dropped the, the release dates. There was a Switch rumor, uh, Switch Pro rumor. It's crazy this week. Yeah, that had. we go from and nothing I'll... and all of a sudden we get like a huge explosion on one day, mm-hmm. essentially. And it was, it was crazy where, you know, I thought like we, I, we were talking about last week or, week or two weeks ago where, you know, oh, usually towards the end of May is when we start to hear a lot of rumors and yep. maybe some confirmations and stuff like that. Sometimes, like I was even, it was funny, even, even uh, earlier in the week I was thinking like, well, usually end of May, or early June, there's always a Pokemon Direct that happens and they just do a big Pokemon thing there and then they, then they don't really discuss it at the Nintendo Direct at E3. I was like, I wonder if they're going to do that this time because obviously not 2020, we didn't have an E3. This uh, still weird times. Who knows what the fuck's going on? Um, and then the very next day, boom, wake up in the morning. It's just a Twitter post. Hey, the release dates for these are, are this. And let's just jump into it, Gables. Um, so we got the Pokemon release dates now. I'm pulling, yes. up the, uh, I'm pulling up the thing here. So we have the... The Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are coming November 19th. And uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, is that how you say it? Yeah, Arceus. Okay. It is January 28, 2022. So we have release date for those two things. And I want to talk about on top of that, Gables, Bloomberg that very same day, or I'm sorry, the next day on Thursday, announced or didn't announce, but uh, put out a, 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 uh, an article about how there's a lot, there's some, some leaks and some rumors that the Nintendo, Nintendo Switch Pro, whatever it might be called, uh, that, e, that Nintendo might announce it before E3 as early as that day on Thursday. Um, obviously, it didn't happen, and there were some rumors that it's going to happen Friday, because, or it might happen uh, Japan time, the way it works out. We might have heard something Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, because of the, the big time difference between us, because I guess Nintendo of America is closed, was closed on Friday. So there's uh. a lot of thoughts. And then E3 is two weeks away. So maybe we hear something and they want to get out of the way. And boom! Right for the weekend happens. Obviously, it didn't happen, but uh, I don't. I don't know how much I want to talk about as far as like the Nintendo Switch Pro stuff because I feel like we've been talking about that forever now. Right. And I just I feel like it's definitely it feels more real than ever. But what was your thoughts on the release dates for Pokemon? Honestly, I was not surprised about the releases for like Brilliant Diamond and Shine Pearl. November launches was matches up in regards to a lot of the major Pokemon releases from the past, especially with Diamond and Pearl, the original releases, only they were released more or less, I think it was like April 28th of like, uh, back around 2007, if I'm not mistaken. But I thought it was, oh, okay. I thought this was the 10 year anniversary of Diamond and Pearl. Yes. Yes. It actually, I believe it actually is the 10 year anniversary of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Not too sure about that. Now I think about it. No, you know what? You were right. Because I remember I was working at a game store, and I remember a used copy came in, and uh, at the end I was, I was like right out of high school. So I think it was 2008. I think you are correct. Yeah. So in this regards and stuff, I'm not surprised that they announced a 2006. November... I just looked it up. Sorry. What's up? It was 2006. I, we were both wrong. <laughs> okay, 2006. Okay. Yep. Well, anyway, like I was stating and stuff, I'm not surprised that Nintendo went ahead and clarified a November release. Usually the big budget, like, not the big budget, but, like, the big-name Pokemon games release in November, usually, in that regard. Sometimes October, give or take, if it's, like... X and Y were October. Yeah, but uh, November 19th, okay, that's fine. That's almost the same... Actually, it's not the same date as, like, the Switch's release. March 3rd. Oh, March 3rd. I don't know why I thought that. Well, anyway... Not surprised at that. What I was surprised was with uh, the Pokemon Legends Arceus being released early, like, no, late January. 
that yeah. was a bit more surprising to me because I had the the uh, I had the thought in my mind that that game looked like it was a little bit farther out than what they initially showed inside their footage. I thought it was at least going to be about a March or an April style of game, but if we're getting it that soon in 2022, then I want to see some more footage of it. I honestly do because I don't feel like that it's polished to the extent where it could be. Obviously, it's still a game in progress, but at the same point, there are definitely some improvements they need to make inside of that game. Even though it seems yeah. very ambitious for what they're aiming for, and I'm glad that Game Freak is going through and aiming for something a little bit more elaborate in terms of what they usually do traditional-wise for Pokemon games. But yeah, very surprised about the Legends release date. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, definitely. I think a lot of people were pretty shocked by that one because to touch on more about the Switch Pro stuff is that the part of the rumor from Bloomberg is that it's, it's there's a probably going to release sorry September October, which I think that said a lot of us. I think a lot of us were assuming at this point because of COVID issues with the semiconductors, nobody can get anything made across all electronics, cars, everything is is being impacted by this like PS Five. Xbox Series X, we're just going to add a whole other model on top of that, you know, make it even more difficult. So a lot of, I think a lot of people were just like, probably going to be a 2021 thing. When I heard that date, um, January 28th, uh, I'm like, that kind of sets it up nicely for Breath of the Wild 2 launching with Switch Pro in March. That's kind of what my initial reaction was when I heard that. I was like, I mean, that's going to be crazy. We get two Pokemon games uh, and a Zelda game within four months of each other, but it's still even if say the Switch Pro is September October, right. and Breath of the Wild two, you gotta assume Breath of the Wild two launches with it. They gotta have something big to launch with it. Yes. Um, either way, whether it comes to September or March, it's still four months, and it's your two biggest IPs. You're releasing three of them within four months, so which seems crazy to me. But I mean, I, I it kind of be the perfect thing to kind of like set this up, especially looking at it from the September point of view with the Switch Pro, where Come out, boom! Breath of the Wild two September, two months later. It's not a, it's a remaster more than it's a remake of, of Pearl and Diamond. You know, uh, you know, it looks more like the Game Boy or the DS version than it does look like the the last like Sword and Shield. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the kind of that middle point of that, and then you got bam, potentially this game changing Pokemon game and uh, Legends Arceus. Excuse me, in January. That would be a really great launch, you know. Like we talked about, how great 2017 was when the when the Switch launch, where it's just like every month there, you know, we had Arms, Splatoon, Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, um, Mario Odyssey, Mario Plus Rabbids. We had all these fucking yes, games in that first all these first party six games months. that blasted on full cylinders, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it came out just killing right away. And like, if you can, and we, we kind of top up for a little while now, where it feels like Nintendo. I mean, COVID obviously. I mean, like anything else put a wrench in that plan, but it really felt like it's been kind of quiet the last couple of years. And even before COVID, it was like, we were talking about how kind of quiet it was. Like, I mean, well, okay, we got Pokemon Sword and Shield in November, 2018, but it's like, well, we got Animal Crossing in 20, in early 2020, but it's like, well, what's coming after that? And we kind of been in that point a little bit where like, we've had some stuff, you know, we had Paper Mario, we had the Age of Calamity, we've had some stuff, but uh, we haven't had Their last big major release, you know, for, something that's been incredibly worthwhile that was a big old seller was animal crossing new horizons back around yeah. March 2020 yeah but like since then it's been very quiet as far as what 
you know, like we know Breath of the Wild 2 is on the horizon. They announced mm-hmm. that E3 2019, but it's like we don't really know what's next for them. And obviously now we have a couple Pokemon games. We have this. And it's just like, okay, maybe Nintendo's reloading right now. It's like all those studios have like put out their game that, you know, earlier in the first, you know, 18 months or 24 months of the Switch. And now that 18 months, really. And now like, okay, now they all got to, you know, go back, you know, and reload and start up again. Maybe we're, we're kind of in that point now where, you know, like, Everybody's reloaded. They're are they're reloading right now, and bam, the next eighteen months, twenty four months, could be fantastic. Uh, obviously, like I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, like COVID in Japan is awful right now. Uh, it's you know we're basically where we were a year ago, six months ago, is where they're at right now. They're being hurt really badly, so that could put a whole other wrench plan. So obviously, right. that's more important than video games. But just speaking from the video game side, um, yeah, this could be uh, incredible. Uh, the next couple months for them. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely excited. I'm I'm, I'm going to get both, but I'm definitely more excited for, um, you know, cause I remember when I bought uh, the, the DS versions of diamond and pearl, I think I got pearl. Uh, I just, it didn't click for me. Like I, but I, I took a couple generations off at that point. Well, yes, I, I understand, but more so Tyler, I can understand why back then you may not have enjoyed Pokemon diamond or pearl at that point. Cause Looking at it from a retro scale, from like a retro perspective of it, when I first bought the games and played through them, the story-wise and the pacing and everything else was definitely slower than the normal type of Pokemon game. It took a while for things to really pick up, plus there are certain aspects of the gameplay in regards to creature selection that would have helped things a little bit easier in regards to gradually going through the journey in that, that sense. I know that Pokemon Platinum, now... Pokemon Platinum, I would actually consider one of the best Pokemon games in that entire series because not only it worked upon improving the faults of Diamond and Pearl, but it expanded with more so upon Giratina or that legendary and all the Sinnoh region stuff that tied together. Plus the uh, the climax towards the end of the game was better, in my honest opinion, from not only a story like perspective, but also in terms of like creature selection because you had more and this and that. But uh, anyway, I'm getting off topic with it. But no, you're fine. Yeah. I I just I just hope it's kind of like kind of like what they did with Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Yeah. Where they basically just did the the Pokemon Yellow version of Red and Blue. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like it basically this the best the best version of that. I kind of hope that Diamond and Pearl are basically just the platinum versions of that. I agree full heartedly. I hope so too. That's what I am wanting to know most about is because I am fairly interested in playing these remasters of diamond and pearl they may not look up to snuff like in terms of their past iterations in regards to when game freak was actually doing the remasters omega ruby and alpha sapphire were definitely the last big major remaster hurrahs that game freak had and before that it was like hard gold soul silver fire red leaf green before that and look you have like brilliant diamond and shining pearl and they don't they don't really jump off the jump off the paper sort of say or jump off the screen but at the same point i'm willing to give these games a fair shot when they do release in november gonna play through them because i'm a fan of diamond and pearl so yeah yeah i mean i'm definitely gonna check them out but i'm, I'm de- i mean it's definitely more of an excitement level for uh mm. the, what that legend arc is it's more so i just want to know more about it than yes it's, it's excitement of like what it can it be more than anything uh, but I, want, I do want to move on to something else that happened on Thursday. Right. Um, it is, uh, we had the Sonic Central, which is basically oh, like yeah. a little Sonic Direct. And I watched this, Gables. I'm not, yeah. even, I'm not a Sonic guy whatsoever. Um, I, you know, I had the Sega Genesis when I was a kid. I played the Sonic games on there, but I was never really big into them. Uh, I watched this thing, 
and I was entertained the whole time. Yeah. I'm not gonna say I was entertained in good ways, but I was entertained. I was never bored, and there's a lot of reasons for that. So for I mean, some of the the, the bigger stuff we had. Uh, they announced Sony a Sonic Team. Uh, they are uh, they they kind of gave a teaser for their uh, their next Sonic game, which is Sonic Run Through Fields, a CG trailer. 2022 is coming to all the consoles next gen last gen uh switch pc um like a 20 second teaser trailer uh sonic colors ultimate was revealed something that was leaked a while ago and i think everybody knew that was coming yeah that is coming september 7th uh to ps4 xbox one nintendo switch pc uh but it's gonna be exclusive on pc to epic game store um but obviously cross you know uh, cross gen you can play it if you put the ps4 version will work on ps5 same with xbox um, that's called, like I said, September 7th. Uh, that is actually a Wii game that was meant that came out in 2010. Yep. A lot of people, a lot of Sonic fans actually legit think that say it's a good game. And it's not like when like Sonic fans say like, Oh, it's a good Sonic game, but it's actually just a bad game. Like it's, it's a five. Um, but it's like, no, like Sonic colors that a lot of people say, no, that game's like a legit eight. You know, it's like, I hear Sonic fans like say Sonic forces is like actually a good game, but it's like, no come, guys, no, it's, it's not good. It's a bad game. I think uh, Huber summed it. Well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was listening to the Easy Allies podcast, and they were talking about it, and Huber summed it up perfectly. He's like, Sonic Forces is the best five out of ten I've ever played. <laughs> and I was like, that's a good way to put, to really talk about 3D Sonic games. But what were you going to say? But like I was saying in regards to Sonic Colors, I have legitimately heard like great things in regards about that game. I've seen lots of various footage. I've never actually played it myself, though I do own it for the Wii. But at the same point, it's far enough to where I feel like I want to play it on the HD system, so I want to give it a shot. Yeah. Definitely want to give it a shot, and September lines up perfectly. I would love to give that like a good try on the Switch or the PS5, whichever version is going to be in stock first. Yeah, I I don't I don't I, don't, I didn't look up to see the prices, but if it's like if it's not a full price thing, that's actually something I might check out. Um, it's probably gonna be like a fifty dollar game, dude. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'll have to look at it because if it, if it's if it's like forty bucks, that definitely makes it enticing. Another thing that was announced was Sonic Origins uh, was announced. It has Sonic uh, the Hedgehog one, two, three, uh, Knuckles, Sonic and Knuckles, uh, and Sonic CD, which I heard a lot of people were like, I've heard some people going crazy at the fact that it has Sonic three in it. I had other people talking about how it's crazy that Sonic CD is in it. Sonic 3 and Knuckles in particular, people are excited about it because you had no legitimate like way to play Sonic 3 and Knuckles only because of licensing issues from Sonic 3. Oh. So, I thought it was... was it, isn't it in the Sega Classic collection, though? Not in a... I don't think it's in like the perspective that uh, you were thinking in that regards. But for those that don't are not aware of, back when Sonic 3 was made, was created by Sega, they actually had Michael Jackson come through and and, and compose some of the music in regards to Sonic okay. the Hedgehog 3, but infamously he said to them, and said, if you cannot match the quality of the music that he composed, he didn't want his name anywhere like on that soundtrack. Um. So... When you listen to Sonic the Hedgehog 3, that soundtrack, you're actually listening to some of the music that Michael Jackson helped compose. <laughs> okay. You would, For those that are interested in checking out the history of that, definitely go on to YouTube. Check out, I believe, maybe the Gaming Historian has done something on that. I'm not 100% sure, but I do remember listening to some YouTuber talk about it at length. But it's an interesting like game, like part of gaming's past in regards to how not only games back then were created, but how certain, like, pop stars and stuff would lead, lead like, uh, certain 
like influences in regards to the gaming industry back in the 90s. But, uh, yeah, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, I think, was one of the types of, like, modes or something that gamers weren't able to play because of licensing issues. I'm fairly excited about the Sonic Origins collection, only because you have some of the best... You actually have the best, like, 2D Sonic games, barring Sonic Mania, all on, like, one collectible thing. There has been many compilation things that Sega's put out. Oh, yeah. and it's always been, like, a handful of, like, the Sonic games and then all the other games that, you know, potentially could be on there. But this is, like, one of the first ones where you actually have Sonic 1, 2, 3, Sonic and & Knuckles, and CD <laughs> on the same one. So that one is definitely fun, in my opinion. But there's actually more things they're going to announce alongside of this package. So I have no fucking clue what they're going to do. They're probably just going to add a whole bunch of the spin-off Sonic games or something like that. Like, say... Sonic Spinball or Sonic 3D Blast. I'm just guessing, yeah. but those come up in the conversation. It'd be kind of interesting if they included the Master System or the Game Gear games, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were those were games back in the day which they were okay in some aspects, but there are people that very much love playing through the Game Gear games in particular for like speedrunning purposes and this and that. Although I would argue that the Sonic games are very would be very fun to do a speedrun on. I mean hell. I mean, hell, I love watching speedrun of Sonic games because of how people go through the intricacies of tricking the system in order to try to glitch through certain parts of the stages while going super fast. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Sonic Origins definitely was a fun thing. Obviously the teaser for the new Sonic game coming out in 2022. Apparently a rumor going around it's going to be called Sonic Rangers, but at the same time, it's up in the air what the hell this Sonic game is going to be all about. For all we know, it's probably... I just hope that this has nothing affiliated with, say, like a Sonic 06 or, like, anywhere close to, like, a Sonic Adventure sort of, like, aspect to it. Because, quite honestly, it's like, I am really mixed when it comes to the 3D Sonic games in general. I mean, I have every reason to be, because, hell, being a Sonic fan even back then, playing a little bit of Adventure 2... Maybe, like, a little bit of Sonic Adventure and stuff. They really didn't strike my fancy. Plus, the controls and the camera and everything else were very janky. Yeah. But, uh, fairly excited. But what I thought was very funny about this whole, like, Sonic Direct, quintessentially, what it was, is the all this, like, 35th anniversary celebration stuff, even going through with freaking, like, uh, chains of Sonic Tails and Knuckles. I'm like... What the hell? Was like they, they made bling of these guys, like actual. Yeah, no, that was, this, this. Some of the stuff I was talking about were like I was saying, <laughs> I I was entertained, but it's not like a good entertain. We're like, uh, yeah, we had the we had the Sonic bling. Um, yeah. There's all these cameos, and this is the best part right here. So there's Sonic is in two two point hospital. That'll be added on July second. They're at twenty second. Yeah. There's gonna be some Sonic theme items. My favorite thing is, and this makes me actually want to buy the fucking game. I don't know how much. If, like this is like a twenty dollars game. I'm buying it. This it's like a low budget looking game. It's, it's Olympic Games to, uh, Tokyo 2020. Um, it just looks like a, a low budget should be a twenty dollars game. Yeah. At most, but one of the, you can actually have a, a Sonic cost uh, costume. But you're not just like you're not just Sonic playing these games. You're a human dressed in a Sonic mascot outfit playing these fucking games. You're playing basketball, track and field, which is hilarious to me. Like, Sonic is playing track. I'm like, that should just not be fair. He's too fast. 
It's, it should not be fair. But he's a, it's just like the, the sprite of him is just fucking hilarious. You guys need to just, if you need to watch anything from this fucking thing, it is just like the 30-second clip of Sonic fucking in, in uh, Olympic Games Tokyo, the official video game, because that looks amazing. I'll tell you what um, I didn't like, though. I They were going through the animation portion of it, and like uh, they were announcing another Sonic the Hedgehog show. The animation for that damn thing that they showed really look half-assed. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. It looks like one of those clear-cut like deviant art type of things where it's like they splice it all together with like just various types of whatever actions or something and just plastered it on the freaking like molded it together on a video it doesn't look like professional i mean it may be good for like a standalone image or something like that but for a film a full motion like cartoon show or whatsoever it it really does not look up to par with what like a sonic thing or even like up to par with actual good cartoons yeah the Sonic Prime or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, it's it's all hilarious that people, like I said, just watch. It's like a 20-minute thing. You just It flew by for me. I was having a blast the entire time because I could not wait. And I, like we were talking about with like Sonic Rangers, it's funny because they accidentally like said that in like a, um, a press release about it. And then they went back and like tried to fix it later. Oh, What's no. really funny is like a, someone on Reddit like back in January yeah. did like he's like he play tested the game, I guess. And just spilled all the beans about the game in this Reddit post. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't looked it all up. I just heard some some you know secondhand information. People talking about it. Okay. And he's like, I played this game. He, t- he talks about all the details of the game. And he said this game is terrible. So. Oh no. Who knows? I, but it's like this that this happened in January. He called it Sonic Rangers. So that kind of that lines adds more, up more. Yeah, that's why to it. after after Sega accidentally referred to it as Sonic Rangers. That's what kind of blew up that post that came in, that came out in January. It's kind of like when oh, like geez. there's every time a Nintendo Direct happens, someone on on Reddit or whatever will like post every, all the details about it. It will be 100 percent correct, but no one believes it because there's a million of them. And after the fact, a couple like an hour later, someone like someone like leaked the entire E3 Direct for Nintendo like four weeks ago, and nobody knew. Oh yeah, it, or no one paid attention to it. It's like kind of like I remember like. Um, before Call of Duty Warzone happened, someone leaked a the Call of Duty before they even announced the game. Someone posted the entire map and all the details about Call of Duty Warzone. They had a screenshot of the map and everything, like three months before the game came out or was even announced, and no one paid, no one saw it, or no one, not maybe no one saw it, but like just never got any buzz. No one paid attention to it whatsoever because no, that's not real. And then bam, the guy was like, "That's Reddit. Reddit is where things." Uh, you know where, where leaks happen that nobody sees coming. And speaking of Reddit and leaks, Final Fantasy Origins is a thing apparently that's okay. happening. Uh, for for people who don't know, um, it's funny. I've seen a couple of people like on Twitter like talk about how, like I was working on this like uh, like um, you know uh, like they work for like IGN or whatever, not IGN, but writers for like video games uh, websites. Okay. I don't know why I struggling. journalists. I don't know why I was struggling for that word. Um, but like uh, multiple were like. I've been working on this article to break this news for weeks now. And someone went on, just went on Reddit and blew the whole fucking thing up. And that's what <laughs> happened with this game. So this game called Final Fantasy Origins apparently is happening. It's being made by Team Ninja. And it's a Souls-like action game, but within the Final Fantasy universe. Uh, it's a spinoff. Uh, <laughs> Gables looks so confused right now. Uh, it's... <laughs> 
<laughs> it is a so I'm just gonna read this here. Uh, it's a Final Fantasy spinoff action game from Square Enix, according to a report from Fanbyte. So Fanbyte is the ones that corroborated on the on the uh, leak that happened on Reddit. Uh, the game reportedly is called Final Fantasy Origins, expected to be announced in June in conjunction with E3. Um, you know, from Square Enix. Uh, it's a series of rumors. Uh, it's being compared to Dark, uh, Dark Souls and Respawn's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The spinoff okay. is to be more accessible than Neo for a wider audience, so it's not going to be super difficult. Uh, it is set during the events of the first game of the franchise, um, hence the word Origins, and apparently it's going to be a PS5 exclusive and come with uh, so console exclusive to the PS5 and coming to PC later. You know, and, like I said, made by Teen Ninja. What's kind of interesting about that? What's kind of interesting about that is like uh, the footage that we saw a couple of like a couple of like uh, years ago, I think at this point, if not, I'm not too sure if it was a couple of years ago or last year, was regards to that footage that Square Enix had, like Project Silphid or whatever the hell it was called. I forgot. Oh, um... you know that one that one thing that Square Enix was showing and stuff like that that looked like an action RPG sort of ish like type of thing that didn't have like a title. But you saw the okay. gameplay; it was very hyper, like uh, action oriented, this and that. Yeah, I mean that's that's Square Enix is like they love doing that shit. Well, like posting shit way too early without a, a title. Well, it's kind of interesting about that. It's like I thought that that was exactly the type of game that you were describing right there, because it's like Final oh, Fantasy okay. Origins, this and that. I kind of thought it would tie together like that, but it's made by Team Ninja, which doesn't fit in line to what was shown back then, so I don't think those comparisons would actually work with that regards. But the reason why I was so confused with that statement of Team Ninja developing a Final Fantasy spin-off game that's more or less like an action-oriented, like Dark Souls-ish type of game, for one, that's a crazy concept. And they're going to go back to the original... So, what are we going to see here? Like, red mages or something like that just taking out a whole bunch of fucking, like, like goblins or some over the top of things or whatever. I don't even know. I can't wait to see it. I I want to see this firsthand and see what the fuck is going on because that sounds completely out of left field. It sounds very, like, very much like a fan fiction, if anything else, dude. It feels like a cross between couple different concepts i don't know what the execution is going to be but i'm kind of eerily curious to see what the footage is going to curtail because if it's just a bunch of like old like stock rpg like original final fantasy characters is going to go through and just carving up shit like ryu hayabusa i mean that's going to be funny as shit to watch i just i i just keep imagining like a a b plus platinum game style thing right. is what I, I, I like with more with with the mechanics of like a, a dark souls that's all i'm mm. seeing is like kind of a more slow paced platinum game like a mediocre platinum game i don't know i, I mean i don't i'm not like final fantasy like i played i beat one and two back in the day on, yeah. on like put them on game boy advance um i don't really remember much of them after that though i remember playing them but i don't remember beat by beat of it Final Fantasy Seven is other than that is the only thing remake is the only thing I really like about Final Fantasy. But right. I can't. When I heard about this, I'm like, this sounds super interesting. Like I don't want to say good because I don't know if it's gonna be good. It's it's who knows. I don't think it'll be bad, but I just I can't wait to see this. I don't even know if it's gonna be something I'm gonna be necessarily interested in after I see it. 
I just want to see it. I, I can't wait uh, for how that's going to work out. But I, I don't know. It, it'll be – it's good. I can't wait for E3, man. We're so close. But, yeah, I so know, far away. I can't fucking wait. Away. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, let's, let's move on here. But before that, so we're from our sponsors. All right. Well, moving on to our next topic here, guys. Uh, we had a state of play from PlayStation. Another big thing happened on Thursday, which – I was so excited to hear that we're finally going to see some gameplay of Horizon Forbidden West. So we got 14 minutes of gameplay. Uh, they showed off a bunch of cool stuff. It was all on PS5. We get to see uh, they show some new mechanics. Uh, you have like a, a hook shot. You can swim now. Um, they also showed that they have she has a glider, um, and it just showed up all the all, all the new uh, um, different items you can all, different weapons they have. Uh, she had a really cool boss fight with this like tusk. Uh, like a giant woolly mammoth type machine uh, boss fight. Uh, I thought this game, it was my game of the year 27, uh, 27, 2007. I don't know. God damn. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> like, that ain't right. Um, but it was my game of the year. Uh, seven better than Breath of the Wild. Um, but uh, I, I just, this blew me away. I, I couldn't wait to see it. Um, looks incredible. There's not really too much more to say. This game looks great. I can't wait to play it. I'm buying it day one. But I, I, would, I told you, I, I said that. I felt that way after I beat fucking Horizon that that day. Like as soon as I'm like, I can't wait for two. I, I can't wait. Yeah, you I'll, did I'll buy say this that. game as soon as it's coming out. Yeah, like whatever. That. I'm I'm full on board, fully on board for a second one. Shocking. The the only one thing I'm not I don't want to say disappointed in, but the only kind of bummer of the whole thing was the perfect cap it off with a release date or at least a confirmation of like a release window or a year. Like tell right. me twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. They did come out so they did say when it, when they first announced it is that their their goal was to release it in twenty twenty one. That was like right. September or October of last year. And they said in a tweet after the fact Gorilla did saying that the game is on track. On track for twenty twenty one, we don't know. Uh but I don't know. Overall I loved it. Gables, what was your thoughts on this state of the play? All right, so for this state of play, it definitely had the surprising elements to it. There was a lot of good various detail that I noticed throughout that entire presentation. For one, I decided to watch it upon the PS5 as some of the update stuff because I didn't catch it when it was going live. I was at work at the time. So Same. after I got home, powered on the PS5, immediately the first thing I see is like, oh, you want to see the Horizon, like, Forbidden West, like, gameplay thing that was uploaded, like, an hour previous? I'm like, okay. So I started watching it, right? And I'm noticing a couple of various details in regards about it. I mean, for one, that underwater scene where Aloy's just diving underneath to try to get away from, like, a lot of the like, the enemy tribesmen and stuff and, like, the cybernetic, like, raptor things or something like that. And you see the detail of all the coral, all the leaves, all the freaking like fish like various types of actual real fish going through and just swimming in like schools and this and that it felt very organic very interesting in terms of like scope and scale of that trying to escape from this ongoing threat but one of the things i loved about this gameplay that it showed for one you can actually tame a lot of you can actually tame like certain aspects of the beasts like the mechanical like raptors for example yeah I love that. Going through, it kind of just hijacking them, really. Like, you just mm. get, like, an electronic device and just go through and just physically, like, like electronically, like, hack into their system, right? And then ride them and do, like, a various battles that way. That's sort yeah. of just like a golden axe sort of effect to it where, you know, not necessarily of that sort of style, but I'm just going like a... 
<laughs> I'm just going with like a very obscure Sega reference here. So it's like, it's kind of like in Golden Axe or something when you actually can ride upon like a various like dinosaur, like a fucking beast or whatsoever, and just kick the shit out of enemies. You do this kind of almost the same thing, but like much more advanced. But uh, I love it when she's fighting against that giant freaking me mechanized like woolly mammoth and stuff like that. And you just have this scope and scale of like small animal against a big animal and stuff. Obviously, the dinosaur gets wiped out and stuff like that. But what was very telling in terms of how much, like, like oh boy, like how much effort was put into the gameplay of this, when she's battling against the tribesmen and that elephant and stuff, and she's able to go through and tr like just take it out, just the detail of all the all the little base things and the tribesmen things start to break apart and it's going through and then you're finally able to take out the weak point underneath the, the mammoth and stuff and mm -hmm. then just get all that stuff. That looked very fluid. All of that sequence, it looked like a very fluid gameplay-like sequence. Nothing dropped. Nothing seemed like it was out of place. No adequate like amount of glitches that were prevalent. It had the suggestion, I felt, that this is a game that was well, definitely well in development definitely on track potentially later this year no release date yeah. that kind of makes me suggest that it could be maybe released at a later date than what we were thinking not not very sure we may hear something more of it in the next week before we make our big old prediction stuff but what impressed me most was the opening cinematic and stuff where you're seeing all these things unfold and then once it actually evolves into it flashes into the gameplay, it's the same thing as the cinematic, like, thing. You know, it's a cinematic opening. The same type of fluidity, the same type of thing. And that's what kept me, took me by surprise. Like, holy shit. I'm so used to games, different thing in the cutscene and the different animation style, this and that. And all of a sudden the game is, like, almost like a little bit of, like, a step down in that regards. Or the opposite occurs, where the thing is very grainy on the cinematic side, and all of a sudden it's like the gameplay side looks so much better and fluid. But, uh, yeah, just the same type of look and fidelity. It definitely makes me excited when that game does release. Forbidden West yeah. is shaping up to be... Honestly, I kind of feel like it has the potential to be like the Mass Effect 2 of, Horizon, of the Horizon Ooh. series, you know? Where it feels like it's going to be very evolved upon its original gameplay from the original game. I've only played a, like a specific amount of time with the original Horizon. That will change fairly soon, obviously, since watching through that gameplay footage has me hyped in trying the sequel. But man, it was definitely a fantastic experience watching that. Yeah. It, one thing I really liked was the fact that um, the hookshot kind of reminded me a little bit of like Spider-Man in a way. And like, not just that, but like the parachute reminded me of Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was also really funny. It was like the day that they Horizon announces the state of play, or the now the day that they're having a state of play for Horizon. The uh -huh. leak of the switch, the switch happens for the pro. It's like man, they, they cannot escape the fucking switch. And Breath of the Wild, <laughs> they're like, it's like because people remember the same week. So Horizon had a release date. Uh, right. It was like February twenty eighth. Um, of 2017 and then a couple months before six weeks before it comes out then uh, Nintendo announces that the fucking Switch is coming out March 3rd the same fucking week 
And yeah. it was like, everybody, that, that's the thing that everybody talks about when they talk about, like, not everybody, but a lot of people talk about Horizon, where like, oh, I played Horizon, then, then Breath of the Wild came out, and I never went back to it. And that's something you hear <laughs> from a lot of people. It was like, they played it for a few days, they really liked it, and then Dude. Breath of the Wild came out, and it's just, and then it's like, bam, here we are, we're talking about Breath of the Wild could be coming out in September. How hilarious would that be if Horizon gets a set release date, right? And the sequel to Breath of the Wild releases in that same time period again. It's not that's not hilarious at all, Gables. That's not funny. That's not funny. We don't joke about that. Okay. Um, you bring up a good point, though. I mean, that game cannot escape out of fucking the Nintendo yeah. Switch or Breath I, of the Wild. I feel like that's it's Nintendo fucking with them at this point. It's like we don't <laughs> like Horizon. Nintendo has something against robotic fucking uh, dinosaurs, and I don't know why. Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess they, they destroyed the planet, but I mean, we don't. Like, but whatever. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just when I, I was thinking, I'm like, are you fucking like, <laughs> I love Horizon. Excuse me. I love Horizon. I want that game to do so well. And it just can't catch a break because of fucking Nintendo. <laughs> and like, you know, cause like, now I'm thinking people are like, well, if it, if the Switch Pro comes out in September, October, you know, Brother Wild 2's got launched with it. And now a lot of us sound oh, like, yeah. well, Horizon could very well, they said they're going to have some more, they said they'll have more news about Horizon soon. Who knows what soon means? They're the, the, the PlayStation is the same people that said that Ratchet is going to be a launch window game, and it's co- it's still not out yet. So it's it's been six months. So um, seven now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's wow. <sighs> poor Gorilla, poor fucking Horizon. I, I hope uh, that game. I mean, obviously it did super well, uh, but I mean, I, I like coming out of that. It's just it's incredible. Like. You know, like the Horizon One was like the showpiece of the PS4 Pro and HDR, and I feel like this could very well be. I think Ratchet's gonna be a showpiece of like, here's what the PS5 can do. But I feel like Horizon being the next big first per- first party game coming for PlayStation, this can also be the big showpiece for how powerful and how great this fucking thing can look, especially with HDR. Because my God, I- I've said about it before, like Horizon. And Gears are like two of the best looking games I've ever seen. Just the way the colors pop uh, on to, on, from the graphics perspective and also just the look of it. It's just so colorful and so vibrant and it's beautiful. And like, I, I can't wait to to see, see more of it. But uh, let's move on here. Gables has to step away for a minute, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep going here. Um, I do want to mention real fast, not a lot to say about this one, but we do have a confirmation of a release, uh, or not a release, I'm sorry, of a time frame for the Xbox event. So they're calling it the Xbox and Bethesda event. That is happening on J- July, or I'm sorry, June 13th at noon central, 10 Pacific time. Uh, so kind of like what, I think what that was the time they went the, in 2019 as well. They they went from a Monday morning to a Sunday afternoon-ish, you know, midday Sunday. Noon for me, morning for everybody else, for, you know, West Coast, West Coast time. Um but yeah, it's gonna be pretty exciting. I think it's kind of cool that they're also in, kind of really showing, really trying to show like, hey, we own like Bethesda is a part of us now, and so the fact that they're calling this the Xbox and Bethesda event, um, I think is, is is a really good idea, and just you know, kind of you know, keeping it separate, but all you know, from the standpoint like, I feel like eventually it's probably next year it's just gonna be called the Xbox event press conference if E three happens next year, but I think it's smart this year. You know, with just the acquisition of Bethesda just happening, to just call it, it's the Xbox and Bethesda event. Um, to kind of just, in case you missed it, or in case you're not a big gamer, but you like Bethesda games, you know what Bethesda means. It's like, hey, right, 
we we own Bethesda bitches. But uh, yeah, Gabe, was while you're away, I was just talking about how we got a we got a time slot for Xbox um, event on June thirteenth at ten ten a.m. your time, West Coast time, noon Central time. How excited are you? Oh, Gables can't hear me. Gables? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> you froze okay. for a little so, bit. <laughs> did I? Yeah, we're, I'm having, we're having some weird internet issues. We keep getting dropped from the Twitch thing. Um, so it keeps booting us and reconnecting us. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, my internet says it's fine. I did a quick check, though, and it said it's fine. So I don't know what's going on. It may be Hopefully because we of can mine or something. My dad is like, no. oh, let's just kind of, uh, it's kind of a funny thing. I got called out of the room and stuff like that. My dad apparently took a little nap and stuff. Now, bear in mind, he's in the 70s, right? So he's sleeping in his chair. All of a sudden, he wakes up. He starts calling him. Hey! It's just like he's he took a nap, and everything's all dark, and the windows are still open. I'm like, what the fuck? Where all the lights go? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we've all been there. When you, when, like, you, take that, you take that midday nap, and you wake up, and it's dark out. And you're like, did I just sleep through the, like, is it the next day now? Like he was like, is it five a.m. Sunday now? What the oh like, my god! Just, was... I've had that moment actually, to where I was a kid. I think I was like eight or nine years old, and I took a nap right, and I thought that it was four p.m. the next day. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like I, yeah. freaking out, like, oh, did I miss school? And it's like, no, you just took a nap for a couple of hours. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like no, it's just like eight. It's like seven o'clock. That's all it is. Oh my god. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, you get up, get ready, get ready for work, and you're like, "Oh fuck, wait, it's, it's still Sunday night." <laughs> that's that, yeah, that's it's the worst, the best feeling in the world. Um, yeah, but um, I hmm, how much more do we have for time? We're about what, fifty minutes in. We're doing wow, we're doing pretty good on time. We're doing a lot better than I thought. Um, yeah, this unfortunately, I think this is gonna have to be a audio only podcast because. Uh, we're having a lot of issues with Twitch, guys. Yeah. So I'm sorry about that. Um, but uh, I'll be fine. Um, hopefully next week. I'll I'll double check, make sure everything's fine on my end. I've been doing a lot of shit on my computer this week, so maybe I'm just kind of stressing it out a little bit. Uh, but um, let's um, let's move on here. So uh, Gables, we got Far Cry Six. Speaking of uh, you know shit happened on Thursdays, mm-hmm. uh, we have a, a Far Cry Six event. Uh, just show off some gameplay, all that. Like, just looks like more Far Cry, more Far Cry. Uh, for for better or worse, it's happening. Uh, but uh, it's coming out October seventh. I I'm, I'm you know I'm talked about you know like I'm a little worn out on the Ubisoft map game thing, uh, and more so like even with mm. with you know I but like Far Cry was one of the ones that like I was still enjoying playing through. Like with three, I loved obviously like a lot of other people did. Four was still good. And five was just like, it's just too bloated. It's too much. Um, constantly being attacked by enemies was just frustrating. Um, so, hope, I don't know. Well, I, I want to hear, hear what people say when this game comes out. It, I want more details of it. But I, I am definitely not like, on one hand, I'm like, oh, man, like a Farker game wouldn't be bad right now. That'd be like a fun, you know, game just kind of turn your brain off and just go and have fun like that's definitely what far cry can be like uh, that's the way i look at it when i play three and four right it's like well three well, I just had like a legit that was boss was a really cool bad guy but like just going around the, the map taking over camps all that shit like that was definitely fun but it's like i hope they there, there definitely needs to be a change of formula i think in the ubisoft games uh and they like 
they definitely need an editor to like we don't need all this shit guys we just need to like trim the fat here yeah you know um i understand where you're coming from exactly i mean it's that same old ubisoft type of formula that's been pinpointed by multiple people multiple games like media people as well to where it's like ubisoft has like a formula in terms of churning out like almost the same type of game only different types of settings kind of like the assassin's creed formula involving into something like ghost recon wildlands and like freaking watchdogs 2 and like even to a certain extent, they have their own type of first-person sort of, like, style, too, with, like, their Far Cry games, and then that going on to something else. Let me tell you, it's like, it definitely does get repetitive, especially if you enjoy playing their games, like, somewhat over the years, and then, like, it starts feeling the same. Eventually, you'll hit you'll hit that wall to where you get a burnout of it, where it's like, I don't want to keep playing the same game every freaking year, only a different yeah. skin. But, yes... As far as Far Cry 6 goes, I have not seen the recent trailer, but at the same time, the the whole the whole like reactions like surrounding it, I'm not really un, not really clear about it, but from uh, from initial impressions of what I'm getting from you, it's like it's just another Far Cry, you know, quintessentially. Yeah. yeah, I mean, overall the gameplay, the game is still fun to play, but it's just, you know, not getting burned out so long. There is a cute dog in a wheelchair that I really like. The little, uh, what, little dachshund in a wheelchair. Yeah, oh my god, he's so adorable. I, I was like, oh man, that's almost a selling point right there. <laughs> they, they know my weakness. It's dogs. Hey, god it's damn it. <laughs> How do they know? It's just um, speedy. just goes around like... <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm all in. I might. You know what? This might be a day one buy now because that fucking dog. I'm picturing in my mind and I just want that dog. You're just going to um, market that dog. You're just going to put him on a freaking t-shirt and everything. It's like Far Cry 6, have like a, Weenie Wars. <laughs> if they don't already, they're going to... like. That's going to be like... The, that's going to be DLC. Uh <laughs> If they know already, they're gonna have like a, like a four hundred dollar collector edition where it comes with the wheelchair dog, like RC car. <laughs> <laughs> RC dog. Yeah, there you go, RC dog. The yeah. RC dog races. Look at this. Look, and oh they're God. off. <laughs> yeah, and he's going. Oh Jesus! Oh my Christ. God! They just spin out in road in road two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he lost the wheel. Oh, this is terrible. We're going to hell. We're going to hell. And not dog hell. We're just gonna go to hell hell. Because uh, at least dog hell has dogs, but hell hell does not. <laughs> oh my cats. god, he's spinning. He's actually on fire. <laughs> oh man, the friction. Oh, <laughs> god damn. We're terrible people. God damn. Oh, uh, we are animal lovers, but still, that idea yes, and thought have... actually is just rather hilarious to me for some reason. <laughs> yes. I don't want to see it, but it's fun to joke about because yeah. I'd be really sad if I saw it. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on. Going... God damn it. No. He just st- keeps doubling down, Gables. Keep doubling down. You know how I have the idea of like going down a rabbit hole or something like that, but I am not going to mm-hmm. go continue on because I'm going to scare a little pooch that's inside the bed right yeah. now. But Your German taco is going to be very upset. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about something that's going to be fun next week that we're going to be doing. Yeah. Um, so Gables and I kind of like, I kind of like, we always, every year we always do the E3 predictions, but we just kind of think it's like, we think we'd see things we want to see, stuff like that. But we never really made anything of it. We just right. like, oh, predictions. Well, we just kind of move on. Half time, we don't even like remember half of them or we don't remember yeah. back to mention them. So I, I hit Gables up the other day. I'm like, dude, what if we do like a, like a, a prediction? We made a game out of it and the loser had to, had to do something. And he's like, sounds great. So kind of, we don't have dates yet for press conferences. But hope, so hopefully this time next week, we have all the dates. Yes. Because right now, all we have is Xbox on Sunday 
and Square Enix on Saturday or not Square Enix, but Ubisoft on Saturday. But we, you know, we're, I'm still assuming we're gonna have a Nintendo one. Maybe have a Square Enix one, uh, and then a couple others. Hopefully, um, uh, there's the the Coke Media or Cock Media, whatever it's called. Koch Media. Um, so, Koch Media. No one, no one really ever seems to know. I can, never, no one can seem to figure it out for some reason. Uh, but hopefully, we have a, a timeline in place. Uh, seeing the fact it's two weeks away now. Hopefully, you know, next week we'll have a, a have a, a set schedule for what's going to happen. Right. And if that does work out, we have we have set up a game that we're going to do. Yep. For E3 predictions, so what's going to happen is, is that we are going to have for each conference, we're going to come up with three predictions, um, and what we mean by that is we're going to have three predictions, like I said, and we're going to take turns going. We can't have the same prediction, right? So, like, say we we start for the Ubisoft one, Gables goes first in that one, then I go, then he goes, and I go, and then the next one, then I start. So that way we all we get to take turns going first, and on top of that, we. We're doing like a little bit of this, like kind of what you see, like the three-point contest in the All-Star game for basketball, where there's that last that last prediction or that last shot is worth two points. So what we're doing with this one is, uh, the the for each conference, the prediction you feel the most confident about, we're gonna call it the, the, the I don't know what we're gonna call it, like the daily double or the bonus the bonus point thing. But basically, each pre, each press conference we have to pick one that we feel the most confident in. Right. And if we get it right, we get two points. Yes. But if we get it wrong, we lose a point. So with the other predictions, you either get a one point or you get no points. If you with this one, this other one, you pick the one you're most confident about. Like I said, you can win two points, or you can you can get negative one points. And some more things were added to it is that if, like say you pick like okay at Nintendo they're they're gonna we already know the date, but just using as an example here. Okay, they're gonna Pokemon Shine. Uh, Diamond and Pearl, they're gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna come out. They're gonna announce release dates coming out twenty twenty one. Can't do that. If you're gonna pick a game, if you're gonna pick a game and say it's releasing in twenty twenty one, you have to pick a month and you have to have the month right. So you could say, oh, Pokemon's gonna come out October twenty twenty one. Well, that's zero points. There's no half points. It's gotta be all correct, one hundred percent correct. So there's no half points, quarter points, whatever. Uh, so, and if so if you say Pokemon's coming out November twenty twenty one, you got that right. Boom, there's one point. Or if you want to, if you think it's gonna be twenty twenty, if it's gonna be twenty twenty two game, you just gotta say twenty twenty two. Pokemon's gonna come out twenty twenty two. Then you get a point. Uh, if you want to pick a month, you can, but that's stupid to do that. Um, so and then we decided Gables and I spent a, a good chunk of time on uh, scrolling through the internet trying to find bad games to play that aren't a lot of money. We found a couple of good contenders, but they're like twenty, thirty dollar games. We're like, no, we we we're like picking a budget. It's ten dollars. That's the limit. Well, Gables thought of the perfect game, and it's on sale right now for six fifty. I just bought it, anyways. It is Night Trap. Um, it is a. Uh, it came out. There's a, a Sega 32x game or Sega CD game. It was rather. a Sega CD uh, game, but this game is more or less infamous because this is what led to. Alongside Mortal Kombat back in the day, the ex the the establishment of the ESRB. Yep. Yeah. So it's it is it's a bunch, like a bunch of girls having like a sleepover and all these like weird creature things show up. It's a live action game. It's terrible. It's infamous for being a really bad game. Neither one. I don't. I've never played it before. I I know all about it, but I've never played it before. Games. Have you ever played it? I've never played it before. I've only uh, seen it inside of videos. Over the years, people claiming how bad the thing is, how the FMV stuff is this and that, you know. But uh, let's just say 
let's just say whoever does lose this, they're going to be in for one hell of a tree, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so the loser has to play this game and stream it online as well. Yep. So um, I bought it anyways because it's normally 15 bucks. But it's on. It's half off or something. So it's like I think it's like seven fifty. So I'm like, just in case I have to play this game, the sale ends before E3. I'll pay the seven fifty now, than paying fifteen dollars later. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, that's what's gonna happen. Uh, right now the plan is to do a normal show next week and then do the E3 prediction as well. But there'll be, there'll be two separate podcasts, and um, we'll do the normal show, release it normal time as usual. And then we'll do the E3 prediction show that will come out Tuesday, Wednesday of the fall, uh, the, you know, that. So a few days later. So it'll come out not this coming Tuesday, Wednesday, but the following Tuesday, Wednesday. We just want to wait to see what's going to, like, who's going to be there for our conferences. Hopefully we have dates. Um, if not, we'll have to figure something out. Maybe do a midweek recording or something to do this. Right. Um, but um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to doing this. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've got some good, I got some good ones right now. I'm just a matter of just getting some fucking uh, conference times. So. Yeah, look forward to that. Uh, I it's it. I think it should be fun. Uh, I can't wait to do the uh, the uh, points the the week after E three. Um, but Gables, uh, jumping into some of the the video games we've been playing, I think we're both at the same point where we've only played one game, yeah. uh, Mass Effect two. Uh, I actually, like I said, I took a week off um, from playing games. Didn't really plan on it. Ended up just watching the the Ocean Eleven trilogy. I don't know why. I just did that. I, I just watched all of the Ocean <laughs> movies uh, during the, the week, like breaking them up, and then I just watched a bunch of movies and TV shows this week. Took a week off because I, I, I think I felt like a little bit, a little bit of burnout. I was playing it. Uh, I, I mean, I put over fifty hours of Mass Effect in in like nine days. Like that's nuts. And two of those days, I didn't play the game. So I'm like, that's a lot of fucking time. Like I, yeah. I had six days off, and I probably put forty of those hours in that time frame. And I was just like, ah, a little bit of burnout. I'm like, I just need to take a break from this. And I was like, I'm just take. I figured like, you know, it was like Sunday afternoon or like early Sunday. I was like, I'm going to just take, take the rest of the day off and whatever. And then I'll come back, take a couple of days off, come back to it. And just, I didn't get back to it. I played for a couple hours today though. I am very close to the end. Uh, I have like, I think two more loyalty quests to do. And then I got to jump into the end game. Uh, but I still great. Still enjoying it. Where are you at Gales with it? All right, so I took a more methodical approach to Mass Effect 2. Obviously, I wanted to go through and enjoy, actually, for the first time, enjoy all of the content before initially going through and doing the end, the end game in that regards. So, a couple things that I did beforehand is I wanted to take out a lot of the bulk of the trophies and achievements of it because these are very easily obtainable in that regards similar to the original Mass Effect, okay, use warp, like, on enemy barriers or something like 25 times, incinerate, use the move incinerate or something like that on armor of enemies and stuff to just take out their armor completely. That was another thing. You had to do that 25 times. So when I got those out of the way, I've officially now have gotten over 50% of the trophies inside of Mass Effect 2. Nice. The rest of them are going to be accomplishable by just playing the game regularly. So I've gotten yeah. that stress, that that inkling out of the way. So I don't have to worry about like doing something like that. Because now all I need to do is a bunch of the loyalty quests, a bunch of the recruiting. There's actually two characters now I have not recruited. I'm in the middle of a mission to recruit one of them, which is Thane Krios. One of my favorite characters mm. from Mass Effect 2. He's awesome. And then the last one is Samara, which that one, the Jestakar and stuff, I have to go through and do that. 
But my overall experience so far with Mass Effect 2 during this playthrough, as opposed to the last time I had played through the game on the PS3, I am definitely enjoying aspects in this one a little bit more than I did originally, because I started to experiment a little bit more with the different combinations in terms of uh, your squad mates that have biotic powers. For example, did you know that if you had Miranda and Jacob and stuff like that, if you had Jacob use pull and then Miranda uses warp or something, it just causes a combination of explosion, oh, like okay. combining effects? I didn't. That's how you get that. I did not know that. And so that's how yeah. I ended up figuring out how to get this one trophy unlocked because you had to use this. You had to use on 20 different enemies, right? Like the combination of biotic powers. So how I accomplished this is I saved. I had a couple different saves. And towards the beginning of the game, you know, in Freedom's Progress and stuff, I had Miranda and Jacob, both of my party, and there's this one spot where I could just save and then load up the last save and keep on doing it because it counts the counter every time you do that. And so nice. because it's only like 25 times, I was able to completely finish that accomplishment and learn more about the game's mechanics that I did not know before. And another thing that I did differently as opposed to the last time I played it, every single squad mate that I've had, I've had them in a specialty of one specific stat first and then go through and improved upon their operative or like their armor type of things second. So for example, with Miranda, I have her as like a Cerberus leader because she has completely mastered and got all the like the warp stuff. She's She has like the master warp ability in terms of biotic type of stuff, which she already has, and then Cerberus leader... As opposed to, like, say, I think with, uh, I'm trying to remember a specific example now. I think with Garrus, it's something a little bit different, but he's, like, a master of, like, a specific thing as well. But, yeah, I did the same theme with all the different different characters and stuff. As far as loyalty missions are concerned, I took care of one today, I think, for, uh, for Jacob Taylor, pretty much. So, Jacob's mm-hmm. is definitely complete. From the offset, I already got through with, uh, God, who's that guy's name? Oh, the bounty hunter. Zaid. Yeah, Zaid. And I got Kasumi's done. That Kasumi's I liked better, obviously, because yeah, there's a lot awesome. more intricacy in regards to that. I felt that was more fleshed out as, as opposed to Zaid, where it's more or less like a revenge quest and stuff. And even so, spoiler warnings for this one, it's like he doesn't really get his revenge in that regards. No. No. Just punch him in the face. No, yeah, that's what I pretty much do. That's what I pretty much did. I punched him in the punched him in the face and stuff, and I had enough Paragon stuff to where he was completely fine with that. Obviously, yeah, from the Paragon choice. He just bitch slapped me. Said, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> but uh, I got his loyalty mission done. I got Jacob's mission, loyalty mission done. I got freaking Kasumi's one done. I think I have like about three or four. Yeah, I even got Jack's loyalty mission done as well. Which honestly. Okay. I've given Jack more of a chance in regards to, like, experiment in terms of her play style and this and that. I've liked, like, how she actually plays inside of the game itself. Because she's more or less like a master sort of biotic character. A little bit more advanced than, say, like, uh, like say, a Caden from Mass Effect 1. Or a little bit more in terms of effectiveness to, say, like, Liara from Mass Effect 1 in that regards. But the heavy shockwave, combine that with a pull and stuff... I found it really hilarious when I did this combination because there was a part when you do the whole, like, the collectors when you first encounter them in regards to, like, uh, that one main mission that you're doing. 
I found it to where if I'm using Jacob's pull ability and they flow in the air and all of a sudden I use a shockwave, you see the collectors fly like 50 feet in the air the opposite direction. <laughs> nice. It was fucking hilarious the first time I saw it. I repeated like a couple dozen times because I thought that's how you got the biotic trophy. Oh. So I kept seeing these collector bodies just go flying across. They get hidden the fucking outside boundaries and shit. But uh, what I've also enjoyed was the subtle references from different characters that were like subsidiary things from the original Mass Effect. Like that one lady you had to pay off to kill her sister in that regards, or she mm, paid you or yeah. something like that. It was like an inside job, so you you kill her sister and stuff, but also it comes back in regards to Mass Effect 2. Or in regards to the whole, like, uh, Zeus Hope in Mass Effect 1, and the Asari that you freed and stuff from killing the Thorian from the original game. Yeah. How yeah. she looks green because of, like, a pigment thing, like a side effect of the Thorian. You know, in that regards, and a lot of the other bacteria from the Thorians, like effects and stuff, are affected people to Zeus Hope, and how it contributes to the second game because you get to do this and that. You know, all of the subtle things that you did from Mass Effect One, I'm starting to recognize now inside of Mass Effect Two, as opposed to like say one thing I remember, and that was with Arachni Queen. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I remember from Mass Effect Two. I did not remember any of the subsidiary things up until they go up to you and say, "Hey, Shepard, remember me? This is from this, 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 and that." Especially with the reporter from the Navaria, I think. Yeah, from all that. Punch in the face. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought that that was well played out in regards to not only just referencing the previous game, but it felt more impactful for what I had accomplished a couple of weeks prior, because. <laughs> Play Mass Effect and then all of a sudden play Mass Effect 2 after it. Dude, it feels pretty cool to have that build upon itself and have all of that stuff go into like uh, the next level, sort of say. But I have gotten that stuff out of the way pretty much. So it's like I have been mining a bunch of planets and I'm finding out that I don't really have to mine all the planets and do the depletion. No. You just pick the rich material planets and then just go through and deplete them and then just go on to something else and then the anomaly yeah. stuff that pops up occasionally and stuff they're like just little one-off missions and stuff that you could maybe complete maybe like it's all maybe five or ten minutes most i did go through most of the dlc stuff the firewalker stuff completed yeah. that the whole aspects in regards to that uh kate benson and all of a sudden and her type of stuff with the whole like Prothean artifact or whatever that Reaper mm -hmm. artifact and all the twists and turns in regards to that. Yeah, that was cool. But what was more impactful was like Project Overlord and stuff when, you know, it's like you have this dude and his brother and stuff like that and his his brother is like on the autism sort of scale or something like that. I really like a bunch of a savant that could talk with Geth and all this shit and all everything else that goes along with that mission. That was a great mission because it was very heartfelt it was very much like built upon itself like how low like this dude can go to really like to try you know how much he actually sacrifices in terms of his morality in regards to trying mm. to impress the elusive man in regards to do this and the death seal will be willing to go to just try to prove himself like being some sort of genius or some shit like that and also like Another thing I could reference, though, is the loyalty quest for Jacob, just to bring that up a little bit again, and, like, the whole thing that his father does 
in regards to the people and the crew upon his sh- that ship, including the captain and that, you know, it's... For the listeners listening in, if they've ever played, like, a Mass Effect game before and playing, like, Mass Effect 2 or Mass Effect 1, you owe yourself a service right here. It's like what we stated last week. Mass Effect is a good game. I feel that Mass Effect 2 is a fantastic game, better than the first. The thing that Mm -hmm. I am remembering most of all and experiencing now, it's like Mass Effect 2, I kind of feel like, I kind of felt like this is what Bioware at the time was initially envisioning Mass Effect being without all the the jankiness and the glitches and stuff i love the story of the original mass effect gameplay did not match up to the scope and scale of it mass effect 2 the characterization the story elements they're there they make reference to the original story and there's still a lot of good story to be held inside there but what makes this game much more impressive and much more on a higher echelon is the character development the scope and scale of the mission, you know, this life or death mission that you have to go on to defeat, like, trying to prevent the Reapers from going through and invading every bit of the galaxy and destroying civilization galaxy-wide and resetting everything. But on top of that, you know, the gameplay, very much well-defined, you know, it's a cover-based third-person shooter, essentially, but the squad-based stuff is easily manipulable now to where it feels functional, you can do combinations and do some hilarious effects in regards to making enemies fly like 20 feet in the air like I've done. Taking out all these random like enemies like from the old, all the mercs and stuff, the blood pack, from the blue eclipse and all this other stuff. You know, it definitely has a lot of good memorable moments, a lot of good character development moments, which I feel like there are particular games nowadays I don't feel like hold a candle to a lot of some of the things that they try, Bioware tried with uh, Mass Effect 2. But it's definitely been a fantastic experience revisiting Mass Effect 2 and just building and building. But like I've stated before, there's still a lot of stuff I want to get through and finished. I'm not even, I haven't even recruited all the characters. I have not even like finished all the loyalty missions. And I haven't even I haven't even touched the Shadow Broker DLC yet, and I'm already like oh, 25 man. hours inside that damn game. Jesus, really? <laughs> wow. Okay. So I'm like, I'm 27 hours in. I've, I'm pretty close. I'm getting, I've got a little ways to go, but I'm, I'm getting close. I'm estimating this thing could be like about a 35 hour playthrough for me. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I, I'm thinking it's gonna be about 35 hours for me, and I'm, I'm way ahead of you on some of this stuff. <laughs> I've done all the DLC. I've got, I've got all the characters. I got, like I guess I think I got two or three. Little two missions to do, and then the end game. So. And I've even bought like new yeah. star systems and stuff like that, so I can explore those planets and shit from mm-hmm. Ilium. I did all that too. Oh. I, I, but yeah, I've got yeah. so much fucking uh, of every, like the Paladin and all that, like all my resources. That it's like I have way more than I'm ever gonna use. Yeah, point, pretty so. much. I got like four hundred thousand or everything. I'm like, this is unnecessary. I just want to <laughs> so. update. I just want to upgrade all my weapons fully to pop the achievement. <laughs> yeah, like, I've already done all that, and I just keep going. I'm like, why am I doing this? But um, yeah, I think it's uh, time for us to hit the road on this one, Gables. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, Gables. Yeah, it's been eight years. Uh, my drink's almost empty, but it's been eight years, buddy. Oh yeah, here's eight more. Clink. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's bad idea. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you know, it's episode four and thirty. We have no plans to stop this anytime soon. No. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, thanks for listening, everybody. 
hope well, whether this is your first episode or your 430th really appreciate it like I said at the beginning of the show check us out everyone everything except for Apple Podcasts still working on that hopefully get that fixed uh, but we'll work on everything um, and yeah thanks for listening I'm Travis I'm Tyler and I have been Colonel Gables thank you for listening to us record our ramblings pretty much nearly every week for the past eight years for a lot of you longtime <laughs> listeners we appreciate the hell out of you we want to be here for as long as we can do it as long as we're having fun with it I'm on board with it but yeah. until next time everyone this is Colonel Gables saying good fight good night and have yourself a fun filled time listening to more episodes of the Drunk Dash Nerds podcast and hey Gables yep. too sweet baby too sweet bye guys see ya bye